0: Welcome to the Abbot Circle podcast. I'm Father Ambrose Christ, and I'm the Novice Master here at St. Michael's Abbey. We hope that you enjoy the following recording. To learn more about the Norbertines, visit theabbotcircle.com. I have chosen the way of truth, words of the royal psalmist, words spoken many times throughout the course of his earthly life, by our divine Savior, who is God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. Thank you, St. Athanasius, for that formulation. I have chosen the way of truth. priest chose this uh, particular line for his memento of ordination, a little souvenir card. And one of his confreres looked at it and said, why didn't you have something like, I've chosen the way of love? That sounds so cold, I've chosen the way of truth. Well, well well-trained the ways of St. Thomas at least well enough I said how does one choose with the will and of what is the will the faculty love I've chosen the way of truth that is I've loved the truth there's a lot of love in that a whole lot in fact all of it It's just that our human heart requires the division into different powers and faculties. So we have our mind and we have our will. But brought together in that perfect simplicity, which is God, truth and love come together. As we'll read later on in the Psalms, I will run in the way of your commandments because you have enlarged my heart. Many years ago, in my home parish in South Pasadena, in the late 40s, a Dominican friar preached a mission, a parish mission, at Easter time in May. The theme, of course, was the sacraments, the season of First Communions, Confirmations, and Our Lady's Rosary which a good dominican would not omit to preach. And the parish made the resolution from that mission on that every evening in the parish church would be prayed the rosary at 7:15. It was on the parish bulletin and every evening a group of faithful would gather to pray the rosary in the Dominican form and the litany of Our Lady. This is one of my earliest recollections of, you might say, uh, a Catholicism which was intact, which hadn't shown any sign of having been revised or changed or improved or omitted or taken from, for some other option which seemed to be the case with just about everything else by the time I'd become a Catholic. But there you could go to that evening rosary and serenely bask in an unchanged set of prayers. They began, Incline unto my aid, O God, O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, and so on. And then they went on with the rosary. That's the Dominican form. That struck me at the time because I knew that was the beginning of not a devotional prayer in my own mind, but rather the divine office. I was used to those, that versicle even in the Episcopal church. So I wondered at the origin of it, and I asked a little old lady, her name was Thelma Chapman, Pray for the repose of her soul. She was an amazing woman, Uh, and uh, that's another time, but an amazing person. Uh, I asked her, and she explained. She said, well, that's the way the priests begin the breviary prayers. And so the friars wanted the faithful to pray the rosary as the priests pray the psalms. That's why we call the rosary Mary's Psalter. I heard that right from her lips. Sometimes the information you get from devout people is exactly, precisely correct. It was not so much to complicate the picture back then, So consequently, I took that to heart, and it always struck me that the rosary was nothing other than a way of praying the psalms, or rather that it was the equivalent of praying the psalms. She gave me a little booklet by a Dominican who pointed out that how could the Hail Mary be of less value than any one of the 150 psalms? How could the Our Father be of any less value than any of the prayers of the Psalter. They were morally equivalent. I rather like that, and I took it to heart. Later on in reading over the years, one comes across different presentations of the Psalms and how to pray them and one thing that struck me very much for the first time was reading a commendation of the Psalms by St. John Chrysostom. And I'd already read The Secret of the Rosary by St. Louis de Montfort and I'd read as well um, little bits and pieces of Blessed Allen, but St. Saint, uh, Saint, uh, Louis de Montfort uses him to promote the rosary. So as I was reading... St. John Chrysostom's commendation of the Psalms, it became clear that he was using the same images, the same promises, the same style as these much later devotional authors in promoting what amounts to morally the same thing. And then it occurred to me that they were simply writing out of a continuous tradition and that those devotional writers had also contact with the ancient fathers. And so they presented the rosary the way the fathers might have presented the Psalter, which was the common and is the common prayer of all Christians whatsoever, and not only of the clergy. Indeed, if you could say anything has improved, it would be this, that instead of saying the rosary is for the lay people and the psalms are for the clergy, that was the result of the use of the vernacular, I would imagine, although they said the rosary in Latin too. Um, Now we don't think that way anymore. We don't think of the psalms as being for clergy and rosary being for laity, but rather both are for both. St. Athanasius, whose feast we celebrate today and in whose teaching and protection we've just prayed, we rejoice today. So just uh, stir up a little deliberate, imperated act of joy today in his teaching and profession uh, and, 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 uh, and protection right? that's church of spirit we can do that we can command ourselves to rejoice because he's in heaven rejoicing you can just say of your own will I join my will to the will of St. Athanasius as he sees the face of God and the mysteries which he professed and defended so well on earth and then I will really be making an act of joy you can make acts of joy just like you can make acts of faith hope charity and contrition right? so it's, it's quite possible So let's do that. We just prayed to do that. So we rejoice in his teaching and protection. So I just was thinking, well, what did St. Athanasius have to say about uh, the praying of the Psalms? And what I found, this is just last week, I hadn't looked at this at all before, um, is very similar to what I've just said about some of the other fathers. Let's hear what St. Athanasius says about praying the Psalter. After having gone over, that, the Psalter presents the whole of the history of our salvation, in fact, of all of reality itself, of creation and its consummation and the fall and the promises and the coming of the Savior and His saving passion and His glory and so on. He says this, The reader takes all its words, that is the Psalter's words, upon his lips as though they were his own. And each one sings the Psalms as though they had been written for his special benefit and takes them and recites them, not as though someone else were speaking or another person's feelings being described, but as himself speaking of himself, offering the words to God as his own heart's utterance, just as though he himself had made them up. That's pretty good. Not as the words of the patriarchs or of Moses and the other prophets will he reverence these. No, he is bold to take them up as his own and written of his very self. Whether he has kept the law or whether he has broken it, it is his own doings that the Psalms describe. Everyone is bound to find his very self in them, and be he faithful soul or be he a sinner, he reads in them descriptions of himself. What consoling, and we might say in the modern lingua, empowering words, because in point of fact, they are daring words, words that show that that openness of speech, that confidence, which we associate with prayers of very great power. When we say the Memorare, when we pray the Rosary, we speak very fervently from our own heart, and we expect results. He goes on, and this begins a very important theme in the whole history of spirituality, the theme of a mirror, a spiritual mirror. It seems to me, moreover, Athanasius says, that because the Psalms thus serve him who sings them as a mirror, wherein he sees himself in his own soul, he cannot help but render them in such manner that their words go home with equal force to those who hear him sing and stir them also to like reaction. Sometimes it is repentance that is generated in this way. As by the conscious stirring words of Psalm 50. Another time, hearing how God helps those who hope and trust in Him, the listener too rejoices and begins to render thanks as though that gracious help already were His own. Psalm 3, to take another instance, a man will sing bearing His own afflictions in mind. Psalms 10 and 11, He will use as expression of His own faith in prayer and singing the 53rd or the thir- 55th or the 56th or the 141st. It is not as though someone else were being persecuted, but out of his own experience that he renders praise to God. And every other psalm is spoken and composed by the Spirit in the selfsame way, just as in a mirror the movements of our own souls are reflected in them, and the words are indeed our very own, given us to serve both as a reminder of our changes of condition and as a pattern and model for the amendment of our lives. Athanasius goes on to say that not only did God, the Son, take upon himself our human nature so as to save us, but he also provided us his own life and doings and power in the words of the Psalter so that as he revealed himself in the flesh as the perfect heavenly man, that's the term used at the time, a beautiful term, so also in the Psalms men of goodwill might see Christ portrayed, and find therein the healing and correction of their own faults and misgivings. We possess a tremendous gift, both in the prayer of the Holy Rosary, which we take up with greater attention during this month of May, Mary's month, and in our prayer of the Psalter here at the Divine Office, and joining ourselves to all those who pray it throughout the world. We will only understand in heaven, and then maybe bit by bit only, the effects of each phrase, of each turn of phrase, of each movement of the prayer of the Psalms, and of each bead that passed through our fingers or across our minds. Each one has its own particular effect and place in the providence of God. They are as the blades of grass, which we see here and hopefully in greater profusion across the street. They are innumerable, but each one has a specific role in the providential plan of God. But not simply for the maintenance of a material creation, but for the adornment, the reinforcement, the power, the healing, and ultimately the joy of immortal souls made in the image and likeness of God who is God the Son incarnate of the Virgin Mary and Lord forever and ever world without end Amen Thank you for listening to the Abbott Circle Podcast If you enjoyed listening or were spiritually nourished please leave a review to help our podcast grow Thanks again. God bless you.